Hello everyone, this is Britton from Emerald Pacific. I hope all you guys are enjoying your day today. Beginning of the week, it's almost Thanksgiving. I'm sure everyone's all excited to be spending time with friends and family and um, being thankful for everything that we have. So coming at you guys today, and I wanted to talk a little bit about this past weekend where I was able to attend the TEDx conference in Seattle. And anyone that is unfamiliar with TED or TED Talks, it's basically a combination of technology, entertainment, and design, where a lot of people come together. They talk about innovative ideas or innovative thinking, and just collaborate with like-minded individuals in the area to come up with some pretty cool ideas and some pretty cool initiatives. So... The TED here in like Seattle, it used to be TEDx Rainier from what I was looking at, and now it's officially rebranded as TEDx Seattle. I'm super excited that I was able to find a TED conference here in Seattle. I've always loved TED talks. I've always liked listening to them, watching them, and I personally feel pretty inspired whenever I watch a TED talk and get a lot of ideas and get a lot of things kind of pumping through my mind and it's a really great association to be a part of. So with the TED talk that was this past weekend, the overall theme was greater than and some of the subcategories within the theme greater than were curiosity is greater than assumptions, future is greater than today, together is better or greater than alone. And then the sum of all the parts and what makes everyone come together and create an amazing experience or an amazing event. And there were a couple speakers that I absolutely loved listening to that were part of this event. And all the people that I specifically want to point out and give a big shout out to just because I felt inspired and got a lot of ideas about how I can be a better marketer and a better designer from listening to them during the conference. And some of these people include Nathan Kunz, um, I believe the name is Eliashi Kamaro, I am so sorry if I mispronounced that, uh, Scott Wyatt, Tim Dawes, and then an amazing performance by a band called Publish the Quest. So the lead us right into it, Nathan Kunz. So... This gentleman, from what I was kind of reading up and looking into, is the CEO of a company that is trying to innovate any kind of technology in regards to satellites, to antennas, to make our world a much better and connected place. And to kind of dive into antennas and our cellular technology it's pretty amazing the power that our cell phones have. That it's truly a device that is tremendous in capabilities. It's basically a computer in your pocket. You can pull up and look things up and search on Google and search for where you're at. And there's a lot of power to having a device in everyone's hands. And that's even more capability of telling a story or better capability of empowering people to get the information they need. And what Nathan was talking about is this idea that cell technology currently is mundane and it is out of date. And to dive in a little bit into cell technology, it's basically a tower 
that beams off a frequency. So people like AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, they have the rights to different frequencies that they can run their they can run conversations through and run your cell data through. And I don't remember what the exact amount. There was recently a frequency that Nathan was talking about that got auctioned off to the highest bidder and it was like billions of dollars that this frequency was sold for, which is completely crazy to think that cell technology, that there's so many frequencies that are capable of holding a conversation or holding cell data. And the fact that they're getting auctioned off for billions of dollars shows that a lot of companies are going out through this technology. They see mobile as the future and not necessarily with like mobile phones or smartphones, but the Internet of Things. Which the Internet of Things, the first thing I think about when we have like an Internet of a thing is automated cars. And any kind of automation in regards to self-driving cars, if we're looking at smart homes, if we're looking at any way that we interact with the material world, all being smart and being able to recognize who we are, what our preferences are, so on and so forth. What Nathan is working on is pretty incredible where we're trying to get away from the idea that we can only use cell towers and trying to find a way to capture frequencies over a satellite or over a dish and being able to expand our capabilities for connecting each other, whether it's through our cars, whether it's through our smartphones, our homes, so on and so forth. It was incredible being able to listen to Nathan and seeing the future of possibility. And with each additional thing that ends up getting connected is more opportunities for us as marketers and designers to connect with our audience and be able to tell an incredible story and have it spread across different devices. And the ability for us to provide continuity between the story we're trying to tell, depending on the device that you're using. So the next speaker that I absolutely loved listening to, I still don't know how to pronounce this, Eliashi Kamaro. And her story was more so about how she went to Tanzania and got talking with some of the natives there and tried to put together a story about the life and the culture of people in Tanzania. Something specifically stood out to me, and this is something that I feel like every marketer should be aware about, that sometimes it's very easy as a marketer when you're going towards pitching a product or a service to a demographic, if you're thinking like millennials, for example, that marketers tend to fall into a trap of pitching an idea or pitching a product and telling a story that either enhances or reinforces a stereotype. And that was something that Eliashi was running into when she was in Tanzania. That when she got there, she was so focused on what she saw from the culture and from the people there. She was focusing in the beginning more on what their culture was about or what they were pushing the people up front. 
that she had to take a step back and try to figure out, am I actually capturing the correct culture? Am I actually capturing the day in the life of people that live in Tanzania? And it was very powerful. It was very powerful to think that she fell into this trap that she was telling a story that was of face value instead of the raw story about the actual people and about the actual life of Tanzania. As marketers, we fall into this trap all the time where sometimes we'll put together an advertisement or we'll put together some kind of design and not realizing that based on our assumptions and based on how we perceive that demographic that maybe we're not necessarily telling the right story. Maybe we're reinforcing a stereotype which may end up making our target audience tune out because it's the same story that every other company is telling. Eliashi's story allowed me to think outside the box for a moment and think, wow, am I actually telling a story that is worth telling or am I just beating the drum everyone else is beating? It's something that a lot of us have to look internally and really get a gut idea of, are we telling the right story or are we just reinforcing what everyone else is saying? Moving on to the next speaker, which is Scott Wyatt. And I personally love Scott's section and his presentation because it had a lot to do with design. And a little bit about Scott, he's basically an architect. So he puts together buildings, but not just designing the look and feel of a building, but thinking about the whole experience and looking at a building as an opportunity to tell a story and create an experience that either enhances someone's ability to work, enhances someone's ability to recover. And there's a couple stories that he was talking about. There was one specific story that I picked up on that had to do with a hospital, where there's a lot of hospitals nowadays that it's very sterile, the kind of environment that a hospital puts together, that it's typically white walls. Sometimes when you walk through a hospital, it doesn't really feel human. It kind of feels almost like a mental hospital, not to degrade hospitals in the United States, but sometimes there's there's just like certain buildings that you get this vibe and it can be correct. It can be incorrect. But at the end of the day, when you walk into a building, you immediately take on the emotions and the feelings of what that place represents. And he was talking about how there was a hospital that spun the idea about designing a hospital And instead of this sterile environment where it's walled off, it's very white, and just very unsettling, and allowed the hospital to build in like more windows, for example, and looked at what is the power that maybe the environment can bring into helping people recover. That naturally, as human beings, we grew up with nature and that we're very much in tune with nature and naturally as like creatures 
on the planet, there's just something about nature that is very calming and very soothing. And I see it as a lot of it is not only like nature just in general, but also the colors associated with nature. When you look out and you see that nature is typically made of greens and blues, that blues can be very soothing. It can be very settling for someone. It can have the ability to relax somebody if they're not feeling okay, if they're unsettled, or maybe they're anxious. That presenting them with any kind of blue, any kind of green, any kind of color that is of like a lower frequency within the color spectrum can calm someone down. So to tie it back to the hospital, they come up with the idea that you would put scenery and greenery outside of a window and you would have the patient, of course, talk with the doctor or the nurse about what's going on. And then when they're away or when they're recovering, they would spin the chair around and allow that patient to be able to look outside and give them some kind of view to get their mind off of what's going on. And the hospital found, and this was something that Scott was referring to, that the hospital found that patients recovered quicker when they were introduced to the idea of being able to look outside and being able to look out in nature and relax after being a part of maybe a surgery, maybe like they're recovering from something and trying to get their mind off of the surgery and what's going on, maybe their disease that they have and focus on nature, focus on what's happy, what is going to be pleasing to the eye, what is going to be something that you're going to want to look at. No one wants to look at a white wall. I wouldn't want to look at a white wall. I know in my personal office I have a ficus tree that's sitting here and it's just something that I find relaxing some kind of like piece of nature is with me at all times and then I would say they'll kind of move on to like the next speaker this person specifically was one of my most favorite people and his name was Tim Dawes and his idea and kind of the presentation that he put together was the power that empathy and compassion has and dealing with any kind of conflict or dealing with any kind of unsettling situation. He had a story to tell that involved, I believe, people like, like at a party and they're all being festive and having fun and enjoying each other's company. And then someone came in and was very disturbed and very unsettled, pulled out a gun and started waving around and wanted to get money from people. And usually in situations like that, the first people or the first thing that people will do when they're like feeling threatened or feeling like unsettled with a situation is they like try to fight it. There's usually like this fight or flight mode where you're either going to try to run away from it or you're going to try to fight it. And sometimes people will go up to someone and be like, "Hey, you need to calm down." That's definitely not the right way to approach it. Because usually when people start getting defensive and they're like, whoa, what's going on? Why are you doing this? It can make the person that started the conflict either more anxious or try to fight with more people. And it's definitely the wrong way of approaching a problem. 
that instead of looking at trying to defend yourself or trying to get away from the problem and trying to fight whatever this problem is, take a little bit of time, try to understand what's going on. That there's a lot of power in just talking with the person and be like, hey, I understand that you may be upset about something or that you're anxious about something. How can I help you? There's a lot of power in empathizing with someone and instead of fighting something that you may be turned off from or that you feel threatened by, take a little bit of time to step back and get to understand what's going on. How are you feeling? Why are you putting up this wall or putting up this fight against us or against what's going on? So to tie back to the story about the party and about the person... There was a lady that came up to him after a couple individuals tried to calm him down and tried to say, hey, please put your gun down. All that didn't work. So this lady decided to go up to the, the gentleman and say, I see you're upset. Please sit down. Let's enjoy a little bit of wine together. Do you want a cup of wine? Do you want to join in the festivities of what we have going on right now? And the gentleman was calmed down. He was starting to deflate. And the the situation was starting to die down a little bit. He sat down, enjoying a little bit of wine. At some point, based on Tim's story, he even was offered to take a whole bottle of wine home with him. But there's a lot that we can learn from a situation like this. Whether it's in an office environment. Whether it's with friends and family. Whether it's... Any kind of situation that is inflated or that is escalating or any kind of problem, instead of taking the fight or flight approach where we're trying to figure out how we're going to calm down this person, stop focusing on how we're going to calm the person down. Focus more on the intrinsic values. Try to get a good understanding of why is someone feeling a certain way? And try to empathize with them. Try to figure out, how can I help you? Obviously, it looks like you're in need of help based on how anxious you might be feeling or how escalated that you're feeling or how angry you might be. Let's take a good amount of time to figure out what's going on, get to understand the feelings, and then how are we going to fix the situation? How are we going to improve the situation? instead of fighting the person and acting in between as that bad guy. So that's a recap of what I learned from TEDx in Seattle. I am so excited and so happy that I was able to get to go to the TED Talk and be engaged with like-minded individuals and everyone in the Seattle area. I'm excited to participate in another TED Talk in the future. There should be one, from kind of what I saw, there should be one next November around the same time. So definitely look out for future TED Talks and any kind of future TED events. And the specific specific website is TEDxSeattle.com. And I know that TEDx Seattle, the organization, has a Twitter. They have Facebook. They have Instagram. They're all over the place. I saw that. It looks like they have Snapchat as well. So definitely get involved. It's a very inspiring event. 
And anyone that is passionate about design, technology, entertainment, any of that definitely finds a future TED Talk with TEDx Seattle. And hopefully I'll be able to get to see you guys at a future event. Other than that, if you have any topics as far as anything in regards to marketing, design, um, web design, feel free to send me an email at britain at impactdesign.com or you can go to impactdesign.com, submit the form on the contact page, all that good stuff. And look out for us. We are on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes now. And let us know your thoughts. So let me know what you think about TED. What do you think about some of the topics that we talked about in kind of the recap of TEDx in Seattle. And I look forward to talking with you guys, seeing your comments. And I will talk to you guys later.